Hi, and welcome back to Bird is the Word podcast. I am back yet again with another story. (laughs) Thank you so much for being here. Thank you so much for your feedback. Thank you so much for sharing the podcast with everyone. I feel so honored to be able to get God's word out to so many people. And we can only pray that this community that I've created grows. Um, So yeah, don't forget to follow and like me on Instagram and Facebook at Bird is a Word Podcast. Love to see you on there. Love to get, you know, messages and all the things. Um, I do a lot of polls on there. I love to interact with everyone. So yeah, a good place for all of us to connect because, you know, social media is definitely the vibe these days. (laughs) Yes. So I... I'm going to be doing something a little bit different on the podcast that I wanted to talk to you guys about. Please feel free to give me feedback on it, but I don't know if I'm going to be doing it weekly or every single story. I haven't decided yet. We'll see what God leads me to do. Um, But what I'm going to be doing is I'm going to be giving you guys memory verses from all of these stories. Again, I don't know if I'm going to do every single one or once a week, but the idea is that These verses are very short and sweet. They're um, going to be short enough for you to eventually be able to memorize. And so when I give you this verse, I encourage you to either write it down on a piece of paper, write it down on your phone, and recite it to yourself, maybe daily, maybe weekly, um, so that eventually you memorize this verse, you are learning scripture, and you are able to just kind of take God's actual word with you wherever you go. And Maybe if you're in need or somebody you're with is in need um, and you can just whip that out from your memory and say it either to yourself or to someone else. Again, doesn't matter either way, but that's really the idea in providing you guys with a memory verse. I like it. I think it's cool and they will be short enough for you to memorize. So I'm going to actually give you one today and then I maybe I'll take a poll on Instagram and Facebook and see if you guys think I should do one every story or once a week. Um, haven't decided yet. I just thought it was a really cool concept and I wanted to run with that. So yeah, let's get into today's story because it may be a little long. Um, we are going to be in the book of Samuel still and we are talking about Saul and then we are also going to be talking about his son Jonathan. So we are starting in Samuel chapter 10, and then from there we're going to Samuel chapter 14. So yes, we are skipping around a little bit because I want to get to Jonathan because I like his story. Um, So in Samuel chapter 10, we're literally picking up from the last episode when, you know, Samuel tells Saul that he's going to be king. So in chapter 10, Samuel actually anoints Saul as king. And in the Bible, it actually says that he anoints him with olive oil and kisses him. So sweet, first of all. Second of all, I'm like, olive oil? Not us all having olive oil in our <laughs> pantries. I'm like, okay, I, I, again, this is all new to me. I did not know that olive oil was sacred like that. And now I'm like, are we supposed to be cooking with that? <laughs> Just kidding. But um, now I'm like, you know, when the pastor at church anoints you, I don't know, is that olive oil? What kind of oil is that? Or is that tea tree oil I don't know I have questions somebody tell me that I have questions (laughs) see I'm just like you guys I'm like I really don't know about the olive oil but I love it it's literally mentioned in the bible so we love that I bet it was like the most organic of the organic like maybe they actually squeeze I'm going off let's (laughs) let's not do that (laughs) so you know he anoints him as king and then Samuel tells Saul um, that he is going to rule the Israelites and then Samuel's like and also on top of all of this 
I'm going to prove to you that this is the Lord that has chosen you. Um, and he's like, when you leave today, all of these things are going to happen. So Samuel starts telling Saul, like, this is what's going to happen to you. And it's like all of these random things. But the point of it is that it's going to happen so that Saul will understand, like, look, Samuel's not a fortune teller. This is from God. You know what I mean? Like, we don't believe in, you know, somebody telling our future. Only God knows what's coming. You know what I mean? So I really like that. I thought that that was powerful. So, you know, he tells him all these things that are going to happen. He's like, you know, you're going to, um, as soon as you leave today, you're going to meet two men that are going to tell you they found their donkeys. And then you're going to go to this tree and you're going to meet another three men that are going to be doing, you know, offering a sacrifice. And then you're going to meet some other men, like all these things. Right. So, um, he also tells him that you're going to go, um, to the whole of God in Gebeah, and you will meet a group of prophets coming down from the altar. These people will be playing harps, drums, flutes, all these instruments. They will be dancing and shouting and praising. And then Samuel tells him, he's like, the spirit of the Lord will take control of you and you will join them. You will become a different person. And this is so powerful to me because it's like Samuel's telling him, like, this is what's going to happen to you. Like, God is going to move in your life. And it's like Samuel was ministering him for what was to come. And I love that because I feel like that's why we go to church, right? To be ministered by like our pastors and our priests and, you know, our bishops. Um, And so I feel like that's what Samuel was doing for Saul. And I love that. And then we come into the memory verse that I'm going to give you today. And this is Samuel chapter 10, verse 7. And Samuel says, when these things happen, do whatever God leads you to do. I love that. Write that down. Put it in your memory. Take that with you. And I want you to try to incorporate that in your everyday life, either, you know, for the week, for the month, however it is that you feel. When these things happen, do whatever God leads you to do. That is so powerful. Um, And, you know, when I read this story the other night, I had prayed and I was, again, I mentioned this before, but when the more people that listen to me, I get so doubtful about myself and I was praying and I was like, you know, God, please help me to not be as nervous, to find the words to say. And then I read this scripture and I'm like, okay, okay, God's like, Brittany, girl, when I tell you to do something, just do it, you know? (laughs) And so... You know, after Samuel tells Saul this, he Saul leaves and it says that God gave Saul a new nature. So I'm just imagining that Saul turns around and he's like, whoa, I feel different. And he feels different, which would cause him to act different and present himself different, right? Like when you feel a certain way, that's how you present yourself. And so literally everything that Samuel told Saul was going to happen, happened. And I'm like, okay so here we are God's showing up he's like I'm here I'm gonna let you know that this is real and we all know we're listening to this podcast we are firm believers in our Lord am I right so you know I think it's powerful that Samuel you know gave Saul some kind of proof I hate to say the word proof but that's really what it was um and so as soon as Saul leaves people notice that Saul is different you know um people of the tribe of Benjamin which is where Saul was from they're like questioning like is he a new prophet like he looks different I'm like okay Saul go off God's already moving in his life we are proud of Saul I love that for him um so this was just like the little beginning of 
you know, Saul taking over. And I wanted to talk about that because I loved that verse. And that verse is going to go into the next story that I'm going to talk about, which is in chapter 14, when we are introduced to Saul's son, um, Jonathan. I didn't even know the name Jonathan was in the Bible. And I really like that name. And it's spelled J-O-N, not J-O-H-N. And I love that. Period. We're here for that. So here we are in chapter 14. And um, Saul is 30 years old when he becomes king. And again, he's in his prime. We kind of talked about that. He has five kids. Um, he has two daughters, three sons. But we are going to talk about Jonathan. You know, and this story is where we meet Jonathan. We kind of get a little insight to his personality right off the back, right? Um, and so again, things are still heated with the Philistines and the Israelites. And this is a long journey. The Philistines are part of the many trials that the Israelites faced on their journey to their promised land. Um, and again, the Israelites' journey was a 40-year journey. So the heat with against you know between them and the philistines it's very very much there in a lot of these stories so you probably you guys are probably like dang is it ever gonna end <laughs> it does end but you know it goes on for a long time and even after this it's still not over you know what i mean um so again it's still beef and we you know in chapter 14 we meet jonathan and he kind of goes behind Saul's back, you know what I mean? So, you know, Saul, you know, is obviously in charge. He's king, so he's running the army, running the battle against the Philistines, and Jonathan is part of that. And so he, the Bible says that he and his armor bearer, which is kind of like his partner, right-hand man, somebody to kind of like watch his back. Who is our armor bearer? Curious. I'm like, who would be my armor bearer? Would it be Chevy? Would it be Adam? Would it be my sister? <laughs> Why did I say Chevy first? <laughs> um, so... Jonathan kind of goes behind Saul's back and he kind of leaves the army without telling him and he goes to the Philistine garrison which is another name for like their little area their camp and he goes with his armor bearer and Jonathan's like look let's just go peep the scene we're gonna creep around and if we catch their attention and they notice us um then you know at that point we'll approach them and Jonathan says that he believes if we do catch their attention and they do notice us that the Lord is handing them over to us for us to defeat and he's like so we're gonna come at them if they notice us and I'm like okay Jonathan go off and so of course they you know pop in they're doing a little like walkthrough I imagine they just popped up out of nowhere and they're like hey and the Philistines are like uh sir what are you doing and literally the Bible says that the Philistines see them and they tell them to come up so they can teach them a lesson. And I'm like, y'all whack. <laughs> you want to teach us a lesson, boy? <laughs> I thought that was a funny reaction um, because this is such an intense like battle between them. And I'm like, that is such a very like kind of like a subtle reaction. Like, oh, let me teach you a lesson. But maybe curse words weren't invented then. I don't know, right? Not saying that they are going to curse about, but I'm just saying like I thought it was funny. Let me teach you a lesson. And so Jonathan's like, bet, this is the Lord handing them over to us. Let's go. So Jonathan and his armor bearer strike down 20 men like that. And again, two people, 20 men, that's kind of like, that's insane. I would have I would have thought that they would have gotten their stuff handed to them, right? But they, they beat them. And this was something that happened very fast. It was very like strong felt, you know what I mean? so much so that it freaked out the philistines they were like full-on panicking and here they are i'm imagining that they're thinking like oh my god god of israel is about to strike down again they already know what god has done for the israelites that alone baffles me i'm like why are y'all still messing with them if y'all know but whatever you know pride right um and so 
at this point, Saul's got watchmen, you know, kind of like peeping on the Philistines because we got to watch our back when we at war. Am I right? And so Saul's watchmen, they see the Philistine troops scattering and panicking. And they're like, hey, you know, they go and tell Saul, like, look, they're kind of like freaking out right now. And they're even like fighting each other because they're freaking out and don't know what to do. They're arguing on their next move. And so Saul has the watchman. He's like, you know what? I'm going to need y'all to take role of our army and see if anyone's left because this ain't making no sense to me. They've got to be freaking out because of something that one of us has done, right? And so they take roll, and of course they notice that Jonathan and his armor bearer are gone. The Bible doesn't say that Saul felt a way about this or that Saul was concerned, um, but I'm wondering if Saul knew like what was going on. I'm, I'm feeling like maybe he did. And so then Saul's like, this is the perfect opportunity to battle them. They're kind of weak-minded right now. They're panicking. They're all over the place. Let's get in there and hand it to them. And so they did, and then they won that battle. Again, this isn't the end of the battle. The battle still continues. And at this point, Saul is like very motivated to beat them. And so after the battle... The men of Israel, the troops, they were worn out. You know what I mean? Like they were hungry. I mean, let's just, let's talk about when you do something very strenuous like that, your body's tired, you know, got to have something to eat, maybe some good rest. But Saul places the truth, the truth, the troops under oath and he tells them not to eat. They are not allowed to eat until Saul um, has defeated the Philistines. And if they do break this oath, they will be cursed. And so they're going into the forest and, you know, they're on their journey going back and they see this honey on the ground pouring out from these combs that I'm assuming maybe fell, um, you know, from a tree. I don't know, but it says they're on the ground and it's literally just gushing out honey. And imagine that they're under oath, they're starving and they're like, oh my God, we're exhausted. You know, they're human beings at the end of the day. Like I, sometimes I get so hungry, it hurts. I don't know if y'all feel that way, but like it hurts my stomach. Like I'm physically pained if I'm that hungry. I haven't been that way in a long time ever since I switched my lifestyle around, but I've been so hungry before it literally pains me. Um, and so they... They did not eat it. They they kept their oath. You know, it was a little scary. So I was like, y'all about to be cursed. And so, you know, they know at this point, God is powerful. God is the one running things and God is moving within Samuel. So they're listening to what they're told. Here comes Jonathan. <laughs> We're back to him. So he was unaware of the oath because obviously he wasn't present. He'd be doing his own thing. So he pulls up, sees a honey, sticks his staff in there and goes ahead and takes a big old chunk and eats it. And then someone from the troops, I'm just like imagining, imagining somebody being like pissed off at this. <laughs> he stumps, somebody stands up and they're like, hey, your dad put us under oath. We're not allowed to be doing that. Um, you're going to be cursed. You know, basically tells him you're not supposed to be doing that low-key jealous right out of it like hey we can't eat it why can't you eat it just because you're his son <laughs> and so Jonathan like looks at him and he's like no my dad is wrong for even telling you guys this because the battle would have went so much better if you guys had a meal and if Saul you know my dad would have let y'all eat so I don't agree with this and this is like typical like father in charge and son just kind of like being disobedient you know what I mean like you know very dominant Saul plays a very dominant role in Saul's life and everyone else's life and here's uh Jonathan he's like hmm I'm good I'm not I'm not listening to that that was dumb you know what I mean taking things that matters into his own hands it's not giving you know we're, we're learning that Jonathan's not rebellious 
he's not malicious he's not evil but he don't listen he's kind of doing his own thing and you know that's not abnormal for a child to not listen to their parents i mean come on we were all children once some of y'all have kids y'all know exactly what i'm talking about <laughs> and so um they go on to battle you know they're still malnourished they haven't ate because they're under this oath and saul's like all right we back out let's go the israelites are so worn out from like living in starvation battle going battle to battle on an empty stomach i'm hurt for them they are like literally when they go to the philistines this time they are not only fighting they're like grabbing their livestock they're grabbing animals um oxen and they're just literally slaughtering at sight and eating because they're so hungry i'm just imagining them as like scavengers dude like oh my god they're hungry I i'm not mad at them for it it's like i picture this as like the scene from mean girls when everybody's just like going at each other on the staircase in the hallway except with like food <laughs> they're hungry we have to remember they are human beings and the human body when we are you know malnourished or we're lacking something we become you know delirious we become pained like i said it physically hurts and who knows what the human body is capable of when they're in like full on starvation mode i praise god that i will never know that um and that i'm pretty sure you guys won't you know so let's be thankful that we you know live in a country where we will never have to experience a famine like that right and so again they're like slaughtering these livestock eating them and this entails of them eating bloody meat because obviously they're not like pulling aside and cooking it as they're fighting they're literally eating bloody meat and this was viewed as defying god this was a sin in the bible um the book of leviticus which i have not talked about and i don't know that i will um the blood represents life and it represents the sacredness of life so you know god did not want his people eating bloody meat and i'm like baby <laughs> I like my steaks cooked medium and there's a little blood in it but I'm like god we live in Texas we love beef I love beef <laughs> and I'm like I I really didn't know that until I started reading the Bible Sunday school did not teach me that <laughs> fail I did not know I wasn't supposed to be eating my steaks medium but it's so delicious I don't know somebody tell me am I sinning because I don't know that I could eat a fully cooked steak maybe I just need to give up steak I don't know but yes yeah, so eating bloody meat was a sin it was literally like defying God. And so some people went to Saul and they were like, look, everybody is wilding out there. They're eating bloody meat. Like it, it's chaos. They're hungry. And so Saul's like, I imagine him like rolling his eye. He's like, man, I don't know what I was thinking. He's like, tell them to come in, stop sinning against the Lord and I will prepare food for them. Tell them to bring me everything that they've caught so that I can prepare it and they're not eating this bloody meat. And so um, at this point, Saul builds an altar to the Lord, and this is the first time that he does that in his story. And I think that Saul was just kind of like questioning, like, what is next for the Philistines? Like, I want to beat them. Saul's personality that I'm learning, he was very much for defeating his enemies. He had this personality of like wanting to be superior and wanting to fight. You know what I mean? So he was very like discouraged. You know, I feel like maybe him putting the Israelites under this oath was supposed to like motivate them to do better or to like be stronger. I don't know. That's not how the human body works. So come on, science. Just kidding. <laughs> and so he builds this altar and Saul, you know, asks God if he should continue after the Philistines or will or will God just bring them to him and God does not answer you know and you know 
Saul was a prophet. So in the in this time in the Bible, I feel like Saul was probably used to God responding right away or just a little bit quicker. Um, and God does not respond to him. God does not answer. And so Saul's like, okay, that was weird, but we're gonna I'm gonna talk to him again. And Saul's like, hey, God, why you ain't answering me? <laughs> kind of like panicking, right? I don't know. <laughs> and he tell doesn't answer him again. And then God, you know, he tells God, he's like, can you give me a sign? Like, is it me and my son that you're mad at? Or is it the people of Israel for sinning, you know, eating this bloody meat? Like, what is it? And so this little interaction tells me that it's not that God was ignoring him. I think God wanted him to recognize what the problem was himself, you know, which is what God does to us a lot before he answers us. And that's what I'm getting from this. You know, he didn't answer right away, which God does that to us all the time. He's not going to answer us right away, but that leaves time for us to figure out for ourselves what is really going on. And so at this point, you know, he asks him and then God tells him, he said, uh, it's you and Jonathan, you and Jonathan are the problem. And then Saul's like, okay, is it me and Jonathan or is it one of us? And God says, it's Jonathan. And so Saul's like, what did Jonathan do? So he calls Jonathan, like I'm picturing him being pissed off at his side. He's like, boy, get over here. And he's like, what did you do? And then, you know, Jonathan tell Saul about the honey. He's like, dad, I didn't even know about the oath. I ate it and I'm so sorry. Like I accept death for what I've done. So again, we get another little tidbit of Jonathan's personality. He wasn't a bad son. He wasn't a bad person, but he took matters into his own hands. Um, but he accepted responsibility and held himself accountable. And I love that, you know, he was doing wrong, you know, but at the same time, it wasn't to be evil. It was just typical son kind of doing his own thing. And he still, I feel like he still had the Israelites and his father's best interests at heart. You know what I mean? And so again, he's like, I accept death. And I'm assuming that Saul was going to have to go through with this, right? But the people of Israel, they chimed in and they said, wait a minute. Why does Jonathan have to die if he did right by Israel? I mean, technically, he prepared us he is the one that kind of got the philistines in this like vulnerable mode for us to like hop in there and whoop them you know what i mean and so the israelites are like he couldn't have done that without god's help you know god is always coming through for israel god saved israel this day that jonathan you know did that and yeah he you know he didn't know about the honey but he didn't know and i'm like well if jonathan was at the meeting maybe he would have known right <laughs> again still gotta blame him he hold yourself you know accountable so the people of Israel, they redeemed Jonathan and he did not die. And it's like, okay, so what I'm getting from this story is Jonathan does not say that God told him to, you know, go behind Saul's back and, you know, creep on the Philistines. But Jonathan does say that if we get the Philistines' attention, I feel like this is God handing them over to me. And he went with it because he got their attention. He's like, you know what? I feel like this is God giving them, giving them to us. We got to go for it. And it goes back to the memory verse that I'm leaving you with today. When these things happen, do whatever God leads you to do. And that is what Jonathan did. And it's very clear to me from this story and from the Israelites having favor over over um, Jonathan's life. It's very clear to me that God did lead him to do that. And, you know, it's kind of like we come across things like that in our lives every single day and we don't even realize it. And it doesn't have to be from like a holy perspective. I'm not saying that you need to go read the Bible. I'm not saying that God's trying to tell you to, you know, serve in ministry. 
But there are different things, you know, acts of kindness, the way you respond to things, you know, your temper, things like that. These are things that God leads us to do and we need to do them. And it's hard. Again, my, you know, what God's leading me to do is this podcast. So I'm doing it, but he may be leading you to do something else like Jonathan. You know what I mean? In your workplace, in your personal life, when you feel that God is leading you to do something, do it. Just do it like Jonathan did. He was like, I feel like, you know, God's telling me to do this. I'm going to do that. No questions. And here's another thing about what Jonathan did. It was very bold. It was very bold to kind of go behind his dad's back and just do. And when God is leading us to do things, they are going to be bold. You are going to stand out and people are going to dislike you for it. People are not going to agree with it. And again, you know, you may be breaking oath like Jonathan did with the honey. Um, But it doesn't matter because Jonathan, yes, he was bold, but he was protected and he was favored by God. And when you're doing God's work and you're doing what God is leading you to do, nothing else matters. Nothing else matters because you are protected and loved and cradled by the most high. And so we have to remind ourselves that when we're like a little intimidated, and I'm talking to myself, when I'm a little intimidated and I feel like I don't have the words to say, I have to know like God is leading me to do this. I am going to do it. It is bold. People are going to criticize me. People are going to question me. People are gonna talk, you know, have their own opinions. But it doesn't matter because I'm serving God and I'm doing what he is leading me to do. And I encourage you today to take this memory verse with you recite it learn it and be mindful of what's going on in your life that that you feel god is leading you to do and again i want to you know reiterate that i'm not saying that you need to go to church i would love for everybody to go to church but that's hard we have our own lives we have our own reasons i'm not saying that you know you need to serve ministry i'm not saying that you need to go be a pastor or you know do things that are way out of the ordinary however we got to start somewhere you know and you know, things of the church are, of course, of the Lord, but simple acts of kindness are also of God. You know what I mean? You know, lower lowering our temper, you know, the way we present ourselves, the way we speak, those are all things from God. We are children of God. We are his creation. We have to try to present ourselves as so. And again, easier said than done. But, you know, the Lord... He led Jonathan to do this and it prepared the Philistines for that, you know, little defeat that, you know, Saul and the Israelites had against them. And who knows what would have happened? You know what I mean? And, you know, Saul was kind of, you know, he had his own agenda. He was very much into, you know, defeating and, you know, fighting his enemies. And we love a strong leader for Israel. That's what God has always provided. Now, you know, things change a little bit in Saul's story. He does disobey God. And I will, you know, touch on that a little bit in the next episode. Um, But yeah, I really just liked Jonathan's story because it all started with him leaving the, the, leaving the troops and kind of doing his own thing, which caused him to miss, you know, this oath that Saul put the Israelites under. And then he, you know, broke the oath and he was supposed to be cursed. And so it's like one thing, one, you know, one like disobedient like way of life kind of (laughs) like led him to another disobedient way of life and hey that's a repetitive pattern in all of our lives right we keep doing things and it just takes us down the wrong path right but hey when we're serving God and we have good intentions like Saul did his intentions were I'm still fighting for the Israelites I you know I want to beat them 
fighting for my people, for my dad. You know, his intentions were good and God knew his heart. God knew that he wasn't doing this to, you know, be disrespectful to his dad. He just simply wanted to fight for the people that he loved, for his father. And so again, God knows our hearts. And that's what's important. So that is the message today. Be bold. You know, when God's leading you to do something, just do it. Don't even question him. If it's bold or you think you're going to be judged, oh, well, it doesn't matter what you do. Even if you do something bad and it's not of God, you're going to be judged. So either way, we're going to be judged, right? (laughs) So that's the message for today. I really hope that you enjoyed that story. I hope that you feel blessed. I was really excited to talk about it. Um, And I'm really excited for tomorrow's story because um, it just gets good. So I'm, I'm, I'm just, I love it. I love reading the Bible. I love talking to you guys about it. Thank you so much for being here. I really hope that y'all have a blessed day. I'm gonna, you know, do one of those polls on my Instagram and Facebook and see what you guys think about the whole memory verse. Um, So yeah, thank you so much. Have a blessed day. I will see y'all in the next episode.